become misfortune. <laughs> I'm watching you. Hey guys, welcome to Macabre Misfortunes, episode 23. Nice. Jaya. Vaka. Yay. <laughs> Tracy, today we're going to start off, which we normally don't do on these little uh, extra episodes during the week, but we're going to start off asking everybody to send thoughts, prayers, positive vibes, whatever you believe in, to all the people of Eastern Kentucky and it's um i think virginia is actually having some of this flooding as well but oh they are yeah it's flooding of almost like biblical biblical type proportion there's been several deaths hundreds of people thousands of people i should say displaced from their homes these this is all through the eastern part of kentucky and it's the, the foothills of the mountains and a lot of these are in a valley so all this rain has like basically filled in these valleys. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like just living in a bowl. Yeah. And in the bowl just getting filled up with water. And then people are losing literally everything. The the governor asked for a state of emergency and literally within hours got a response back from uh, the president granted on that, which was one of the quickest in history. Good. So it's, but it just goes to show how bad it was. Mm -hmm. There's places that the governor can't even get to, to even check out the, the, you know. You know, it's just a sad situation all the way around because those folks don't have that much anyway. Yeah, it's the, and it's I believe, the absolute poorest part of the state. I believe I had read where they just put in a pool or something like that. I can't remember exactly. They had just finished it. And it was like a really big deal. Um, for the town and stuff, and just like that, it was done. Well, like Buckhorn is a small town. They've got one high school, and it's completely underwater. Mm-hmm. And they're supposed to start school in two or three weeks. Yeah. And there's, there's no other building in town even that could even be used, even if they got all the stuff. But they're not going to be able to clear that No, no, there's no I mean, way. It's, it's completely underwater, all the way up over the roof. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a very sad situation. And that's just one, one town. So I know, I know. We've God already started them. to try to help. We've, we've got some really good friends, uh, um, Jennifer and, and Lee, who run CryptidCon and a couple of the other conventions we go to. They're actually Nick Groff's tour manager and stuff. They've got family down there, and their family has been hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're they're trying to do some stuff to to raise some supplies and stuff to take down their cleaning supplies yeah. and water and everything. And we've we've already donated to that. But we're gonna do what we did with Western Kentucky when we had all the tornadoes, and you guys were so good. We're gonna give you a chance if you guys want to help. We'll put a uh, a PayPal link up on our. Um, uh, Facebook, not our Facebook page, but our, we'll post it in Facebook too, but on our website, I'll try to get that done before this episode comes out. And, uh, if anybody wants to help, we will do our best to get this money where it needs to go. Absolutely. So, uh, this... Don't, don't feel obligated, but if you, but if you, 
do feel like it's something you can do. Every penny counts, trust me. Absolutely. You guys at least say a, a little prayer for them and, you know, God bless them. I just feel so bad for them. Yeah, so. there's at least 16 dead already. And, yeah. And honestly, the most horrific story I heard so far was a woman that had four kids. She was holding on to all four kids and the water swept all four of them away. Oh. Okay, well, this hurts my heart. So, anyways, that's um, it's it's a tragic story. So, man, we're going to talk about it again tomorrow night on uh, on the main show. But all right, we're going to switch gears a little bit. And Tracy, today we're going to talk about a horrible turn of events that happened around the time of World War One. Okay. So let's go back first to about twenty years before that, the infamous Marie Curie. And her husband, Pierre Curie, made a discovery that was pretty important. The date was December 21st, 1898. They discovered radium. Now, I'm not going to go too deep into how the discovery took place. But in a nutshell, they had uraninite, a uraninite sample. And that is a radioactive uranium-rich mineral ore. And there's one place over in uh, France where this was pretty common. So that's where they were able to get this, this piece. They removed the uranium from it, but then they noticed that even without the uranium, it was still radioactive. Wow. There were some other changes that uh, eventually they, they made, which made the final, the final product radium. Now, this radium had a really cool effect. It glowed in the dark. That's cool. Yes. So eventually, it would be added to paint that would also have a glow-in-the-dark ability. Now, this was particularly useful in things like watches and clocks, aircraft switches and instrument dials. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah, you could see, the pilots could see their instrument dials and stuff like that. Or if you had a watch on, you would be able to see what time it was. Mm -hmm. Without having to use a light, because if you're in the military or something and you're out in a field and it's dark, you don't want to have to use a light to see what time it is when maybe you're coordinating something. So right. All this was important. Several factories in the U.S. were established to produce watches and military dials. They were painted with this radium paint that glowed in the dark. These factories hired hundreds of young women and they paid them very well. So why would they hire young women, do you think? Uh, because their hand is more steadier? Close. Their hands were small. Oh, that makes sense. They had smaller hands, and it made it more perfect for doing the detailed work that they needed to be painting little mm -hmm. watch faces and yeah. numbers and stuff like that. So at this point, radium had been around for about 20 years. It had been used successfully for the treatment of cancer, and it actually was considered a miracle element. It was used in a bunch of commercial products, including toothpaste and cosmetics. Wow, I did not know that. So let's get back to the women working at these factories. The radium that they worked so closely with started to have an effect on them. They started to be known as the ghost girls. This was because the radium dust made their hair, clothes, and even their skin glow. Whoa, that is 
<laughs> well, that could be kind of cool, but I bet it ain't in the end. It's not. Many of the women actually wore their best dresses to work because then the dresses would glow when they went dancing after work. <laughs> Some even put the radium on their teeth because it gave them a radiant smile. There you go. And in case you're wondering, it's called radium because of the glow and it's because of radiant. So when you think radiant, you think yeah. somebody's glowing. or have, Right. And that's why they called, called it radium. Because oh, okay. It did have that glowing ability. All right. So now on the job, though, these women painting actually ingested the radium on a daily basis. How did they do that? Well, there was a reason for this. Because most of these watch parts were so small, the painters were told to use their lips to bring the brushes to a point. Oh, my gosh. You know, like people used to lick lead pencils. Yep. Yeah. It makes it write better. Yeah. It would make it darker. but um, So they would put the point of these little paintbrushes in their mouth. Oh, my goodness. And close their lips on it and pull it out. And that would bring the brushes to a fine point. And they were told to do that. Right. But and these brushes had that radium on it. But and they didn't even probably even think anything about it. No, because up to this point, everybody was told... That the radium was completely harmless. I mean, it was a miracle drug, for God's right. sake. It mm-hmm. cured, cured cancer and stuff. And that's the way it was presented. So, nothing. Now, some of the women did have concerns about the radium. But they were assured by management that it was perfectly safe. Like I said, after all, it's a miracle element. Well, of course, that wasn't true. Radium is extremely dangerous. Especially with repeat exposure. Hell... Marie Curry, who worked with the stuff all the time, she suffered radiation burns from handling it and eventually died from radiation exposure. Aww. So, it's pretty dangerous. And the dangers would soon become evident here as well. The workers, which have been commonly called the radium girls, began to experience major medical problems from the exposure. One in particular was a young lady by the name of Molly Magia. Molly worked for the Radiation Luminous Materials Corporation in New Jersey. Like, keep in mind, there was several of these factories doing the same thing. We're just focusing on this one at the moment. Mm -hmm. The first symptom she had was a toothache. Now, this required her tooth to be removed. The tooth next to it then had to be removed also. Then she got these really painful ulcers and bleeding, and pus developed where the teeth had been. Oh, God, that's terrible. It didn't stop there, though. The problem spread throughout Molly's mouth and lower jaw. Her jaw had to be removed. (gasps) What? Then it spread to other parts of her body. Molly died on September 12, 1922, of a massive hemorrhage. Now, here's here's the part that'll get you. Doctors weren't exactly sure what caused all of this, and they call, they listed her cause of death as syphilis. Oh, jeez. They couldn't even put that together? Apparently not. Oh, and that poor girl. Then several other of the women became deathly ill, most suffering the same type of problems that Molly had. For two years, the employer denied any kind of... Uh, allegations that what they were doing at work 
had anything to do with the illnesses or deaths that were happening. I mean, but did the girls that worked there at least figure that out? Like, I'm sure, oh, hello. I'm, I'm I sure mean, they do. So obviously, this was a huge controversy, and then eventually there was a study that was commissioned by the various radium companies mm-hmm. to see, you know, let's let's put this to bed. Let's see if there's an issue. The study did conclude that the uh, patients were actually dying of radiation poisoning. And the companies, though, they refused to believe that that would have been the case. So they had other studies done that showed the exact opposite. I mean, wasn't there somebody that could come in and say, hello, this is what this is from, and shut them down? Well, you would think. And I'll tell you about that after a quick word from our sponsor. But let's keep in mind, just like the way things run today, the almighty dollar tends to be what makes things happen. And that was the case. That's shameful. The big radium companies, there's like big tobacco or anything else back then, the big radium companies, this was big business, and they weren't about to shut that down. So the public continued to assume that radium was safe because... These big companies ignored what the first reports came back and said, and then did their own reports and said, oh, they were full of crap the first time. This is this is what, you know, really should have been said. It's safe. In 1925, a pathologist by the name of Harrison Martland developed a test that proved that radium had poisoned the painters by destroying their bodies from the inside. The radium industry tried to immediately discredit Martland's findings. But the radium girls fought back. Most knew that they would soon be dead, but they wanted to do something to stop this this madness and make sure that the world was aware of what was going on. So in 1927, Raymond Berry sued on behalf of these women. Now keep in mind, Molly died in 1922. Mm-hmm. This is 1927, five years later. Mm. they're still using it, still doing the same thing in all these factories. People are dying and, and being sick right and left all over the country. This lawsuit starts to take place 1927. Now, many of these women only had months to live, so they were forced to take an out-of-court settlement, basically to just make sure that they had some money for their loved ones that were left. Right. Now, this did put radium safety all over the front page of the newspaper. So that was the the one positive besides the money. Even the U.S. Radium Corporation denied its roles in the women continuing to get sick and die. It wasn't until 1938 when Catherine Wolfe Donahue, a dying radium, uh, radium worker, sued the radium dial company that the issue was finally settled. 1938. 20-something years later, yeah. Well, 16 years. 16 years after Molly first died. 16 years. That's how long it took. No one ever was problems. All those people that passed away. That's horrible. The Radium Girls case was among one of the very first in which a company was held responsible for the health and safety of their employees, and it actually led to the creation of OSHA. Thank God. That is just ridiculous that that went on that long. And if you're outside the United States, OSHA is like the uh, 
the organization that makes sure that companies are safe and yeah is it the uh occupational safety and health administration or something like that uh yeah i believe that's I think correct that's pretty close yeah, i know but... it's occupation occupational safety and health so yeah they you your and they company, mean business too yeah, they mean business they yep. will shut your company down in a heartbeat yep. if you're not doing stuff safe yeah that's why you start seeing all these things about all these signs that say zero days since mm-hmm. you know an injury or 13 days since all that that's all because of osha but it all took place mainly because of that case well bless their hearts i mean I'm, I'm glad finally something good came out of it it's just a shame that all those young ladies passed away like that. And it's a horrible death. It's not even, you know, any death's horrible, but to suffer so like that. No, 100% agree. So, Tracy, I like to give you a crazy fact at the end of our stories. And I said, uh, instead of it being disturbing, I've tried to find one that was associated with the story or the place or something. Mm-hmm. At this point on. Well, this one actually is kind of both. Marie Curry, we talked about her. She died in 1934. Her notebooks are still today stored in lead-lined boxes in France. They are so contaminated with radium that they are radioactive and will still be radioactive for years to come. Isn't that something? Oh. And that's just her notebooks. So I mean, is there any way you can handle the handle that safely without? I mean, you would probably need a, one of those suits on, like they use for. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but anyways, that's the story for this week. That's very disturbing story, it was. and shameful. Yeah, horrible. People, the guy do right by your people. I just think they were putting that stuff in toothpaste. I know, seriously. And we talked about the golfer on our short the other day, mm-hmm. the golfer uh, in the 20s that the, the guy was selling the water with it in there and his jaw had to be Dude, fell out. did you post a picture of that? No, I didn't. You should have. Because... Somebody said that that wasn't a picture. That was a picture of somebody else. And, oh. they, and, I, and I found a picture of the actual golfer and it was still pretty bad, but it was... Yeah, it was awful. It was terrible. So, anyways. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for everything you do for us. Thanks, guys. We love you.